Well, what an incredible day. It's so good to see each and every one of you as we celebrate the risen Savior, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to welcome each and every one of you. My name is Kyle. I want to thank you, church, for being here today to worship. I want to thank you for inviting so many friends and family and neighbors, and thank you for saying yes to those invitations and coming to be a part of this day together with us as we celebrate our risen Savior. Now, here's the deal about our risen Savior that we just sung about and we're going to talk about. We do not want you to miss it. We don't want you to miss what we've been singing and what we're going to declare. So that's the reason why today we're beginning to talk about the flip side, the flip side. We want to make sure that we catch this thing from every angle. When we talk about the flip side, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about one thing having effect on another, seeing things from a different angle and catching it from every perspective. So let me give you a few for instances about the flip side this morning that can get us rolling as we think about the flip side. So this past Tuesday, our pastors and our staff, we decided to fast and pray and getting ready for Easter. For those of you who don't know what fasting is by chance, it means you don't eat for a while so that you can pray. So we didn't eat. And the flip side of that was on Wednesday, I was at the ballpark and I got a picture to kind of represent what happened on Tuesday at the ballpark. I don't know if you know what these are, but these are Deep fried Oreos, that is the flip side of fasting right there. By the way, preceding those deep, si- deep, uh, deep fried Oreos were barbecue nachos, all right? So that's the flip side of fasting the day before. Um, as many of you know, our family lived in Washington State prior to living here, and uh, we lived there for eight years. And um, for nine months out of the year, you have clouds and you have rain, but for three months out of the year, I'll give you a little picture here, you have sunshine, no clouds, 75 degrees, and no humidity, and that view right there. That's the flip side of living there for nine months with all that weather, and then, ah, it comes out, and it's just absolutely um, gorgeous. Um, one thing we didn't get a lot of in Washington that we've been getting a lot of here, and that we get a lot of here, is what this next picture depicts, and that is lightning. We rarely got lightning in Washington, but man, have we had some lightning lately here in Benton, Arkansas. In fact, a couple of weeks ago on Saturday night, uh, my family and I were at home. It was about 5 o'clock in the evening, and this loud, humongous crash of thunder came down. I was in the back of the house looking around to see what in the world it hit. My wife was in the front of the house looking around to see what in the world it hit. It was one of the loudest crashes of thunder I've ever heard in my life. And so... Um, A little bit of time goes by, and we leave, and uh, we uh, head out, and we start getting texts, though, from our neighbors telling us that that loud crash of lightning actually hit a house one street over from us and caught it on fire. That's the flip side of the beauty of lightning. So as we think about the flip side this morning, we're thinking about one thing and how it potentially has effect on another. And as we think about the grave this morning, we're thinking about the flip side of the grave. And so let's take a longer, deeper look at the Easter story this morning. Look, me, look with me to Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse number 1. Um, it's going to be on the screen. If you need a Bible, there should be one in a seat underneath you uh, or in front of you there. There uh, should be a black Bible around. We want you to grab it. You can find this on page number 879. Luke chapter 24 and beginning in verse 1. Luke 24 And verse 1. Now, by the way, I'll just go ahead and say this before I start reading. If anything that I say today or read today from Scripture causes you to celebrate the resurrection, do not hold back. 
okay? Like, I know we were worshiping and being loud just a minute ago. Like, if you want to get happy and celebrate the resurrection while we read or while we preach, I'm totally okay with that, all right? You can interrupt me at any time with celebration of the resurrection, okay? Luke 24 and verse number 1. But very early on Sunday morning, and by the way, in case you don't know, this Sunday morning is following three days prior in which Jesus was crucified. But very early on a Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, the tomb that Jesus was buried in, taking the spices they had prepared, verse 2. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So there was a stone closing it, sealing it, because the Romans and the religious leaders were afraid that since Jesus had promised that he was going to come back from the dead, that he would try to fake it by having his disciples come steal him away. So they rolled this stone in place and put some soldiers there. But the stone had been rolled away, verse 3. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men said, Suddenly, excuse me, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. Verse 5, the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. By the way, if this would happen to you, you'd be terrified too. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is, say it with me, for someone who is alive? Yeah, all right. Now verse number 6, he isn't here, he is risen from the dead. Good place to celebrate right there. All right? Good place to celebrate. This is a story we cannot miss. This is a story that we cannot gloss over and say, oh, nice day, way to talk about it, way to sing about it, and then move on. This is a story we've got to get, and we've got to understand, and we've got to grasp, because it's the greatest, most important story in the history of humanity. This is Jesus coming back from the dead. He didn't die of cancer. He didn't die of a heart attack or all the other many, many reasons we can die because of health. He died because they crucified him on a cross. He was perfect the whole time he lived, perfect. And yet he died a criminal's death. And the criminal's death looked him putting nails in his hands and putting nails in his feet. Just prior to him being crucified to the cross, they mocked him, they scourged him, they whipped him, they beat him, they put a crown of thorns on his head, and they humiliated him, and then they took him and nailed him on the cross. You can only imagine the pain and the suffering that Jesus went through physically as he hung there, as he bled there, and as he died there on the cross. But up from the grave he arose. Now, surely Jesus, listen to me, surely Jesus didn't go through all of that and accomplish that just to get people into church once a year, right? Surely it's bigger than this gathering today. Surely it's more important, more important than us buying a new shirt or new clothes and showing up on a particular Sunday in the year. Maybe, just maybe, we've missed it. Maybe we've missed the whole purpose and the power of the resurrection. Did you know there are more people in church today on Easter around the world? There are more people in church because of Easter today than watch the Super Bowl on TV. If it's bigger than that, then what would be the purpose of the resurrection? Well, to get us into church once a week, of course, right? I say it's way bigger than that. Back to the 
TV watching thing because a lot of people watch the Super Bowl on TV. They say that if you watch TV like an average American does, that in 65 years you will find yourself watching TV about 1,000 hours a year. If you do all the math, 65 years, people that are smarter than me added it up, and they say that this equates to about nine and a half years of your life. Nine and a half years in front of a screen telling you whatever it wants to tell you. Now, we're not factoring in social media and phones and all the other influences we have in our life. Now, on the flip side of that, if you go to church once a week till you're 65, guess what that equates to? About four months of biblical teaching. I say it's just no surprise that many of us have missed the truth of what Jesus is trying to declare to us and what he has done for us in the cross and in the resurrection. So today, for a few moments out of our lives, I want us not to miss it. I want it to have the impact and the change and the, 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 the grace that it can totally bring to our lives. I want to talk this through by giving you um, this triangle. You're going to find it in your notes on your program. going to be a lot of spots for you to fill in on this triangle. Um, if you are one of those people that likes to make things just the way it is, there's going to be opportunity for that. If you'd like to get creative and you want to fill in your triangle however you want to do it, pull out your triangle, and I want to begin to unpack this with you as we think about how we function with the resurrection and how we function with God. So on top of your triangle, we'll bring up that first slide. On top of your triangle, you're going to put the word God, okay, the name God. Okay, the one who created everything, the one who sustains everything, God. The divine being that hopefully all of us came today to worship and to glorify. Okay, at the bottom left corner, I want you to write the word, or angle, uh, the bottom left angle, I want you to write the word obedience. Okay, write the word obedience. And at the bottom um, other corner there, at the bottom right corner, I want you to write the word identity. Identity. Okay, so God, there he is. He's big. He's, he's large. He's in control. He's up there, if you will. And the way we're going to talk this out this morning is in the framework of how do I get to God? How, how do I please God? How do I get his favor? How do I get his attention? How do I get to enter into his presence? Well, we've got another slide coming up here. We're going to continue to fill this in, and I encourage you just to continue to write in. Put a couple of arrows there going from obedience up to God and from obedience over to identity. This is the way I would suggest to you that most people function when it comes to faith, religion, and God. Most people, including a lot of people who claim to believe in Jesus, think that out of their obedience, they are going to find themselves getting themselves into the presence of God. They think that because of their closet or not, is I've got to do something to make God like me. I've got to do something to make God love me. I've got to do something to get God's attention in a good way, and so I'm going to obey, and surely if I do enough good stuff, more than I do bad stuff, I'm going to get to God. Well, out of this idea and mentality that many of us have, in fact, some of us who believe in Jesus this morning subconsciously function this way all the time, we think that we are good enough and we do more good than bad, 
that we find our identity in it, and because we do enough good in our minds to gain God's favor, we also find our identity in it, and we wouldn't dare say this out loud, that we're a good person and people ought to view us as a good person, but we want other people to say that we're a good person, and we want other people to view us and call us, look at all the good things that I have done. Now let me ask you this question. What if this isn't the way it works? What if the way that most people think it happens, that out of our obedience we get to God and out of our obedience we find our identity, what if, what if that's not the way it works? What if it's not about doing more good than bad so that I go to heaven after I die? What if we started looking at this thing from the flip side? What if it actually all starts with God? Let's show the next screen here. What if it actually comes from God first? Enter the incredible Easter story. You've got to understand, Easter is all about God coming for you. Jesus leaving heaven to come down here to earth to reach me, to reach you, to love you, to love me. This is what we see in Scripture. He comes for us. Jesus dying on the cross. Jesus died on the cross, listen to me, for your disobedience. Let that sink in for just a moment. Jesus died on the cross for your disobedience. Now, there's a few of you in the room that, you know, there's not much disobedience. For the rest of us in the room, we're like, that disobedience thing, like, hits kind of hard right now, right? We start thinking about disobedience. We start thinking about sin. We think about not measuring up, and we're like, whoa, he died for a ton of stuff for me. Jesus came, lived, and died for your sin and for your disobedience, for my sin and for my disobedience. What if Jesus came to change our identity? Change who we are. I'm suggesting to you that that is the power of the resurrection. The resurrection is not merely to get us to gather once a year and say, go Jesus. The resurrection happened so that our lives could now and that's who he is. It's God coming for us, changing our identity. What if he knows you hadn't been here since last year and he still loves you? He does. He does. Check out the next slide as we continue to build on this. We think it's all about earning it. Earn it, earn it, earn it, earn it. Now, I'm all about working hard and tomorrow morning get up whenever you're supposed to get up and go to work and do your thing. Earn your paycheck. But we're not talking about going to your job. We're talking about our relationship and our encounter and our connection with God. And we think it's all about earning it when instead it's actually about God giving it. Giving it freely, saying, here it is. Here's Jesus, I give him to you. He's not going to come and be nice. He's going to die a horrible death, and he's going to come back from an incredible, incredible resurrection. 
This is who he is, and this is what he does for us. It's about God giving it. When you believe, listen to me, when you believe that the powerful resurrection is truth, you start living it. That's that bottom part, living it. And so we're seeing it comes from God. He changes our identity, and out of our identity, we start living it. Obedience definitely comes into play, but it's out of what he has done for us, not us earning something from him. Biblically, biblically, your identity is that you are a sinner. That's how we all want to be known, right? I just want to be known as a sinner. I want the whole world to know that I'm a sinner. I just want everybody to call me sinner. Just call me sinner. That would be great. No, that's not who we want to be, but that's who we are. Jesus comes. He redeems us through the cross. He forgives us through the cross. He changes us through the resurrection. He changes us from sinners to saints, a new identity. And if you think, well, I don't deserve to be called a saint, you're exactly right. You don't. But Jesus said, I died on the cross and paid for everything so that you could be changed from the identity of a sinner to the identity of a saint. Every time I hear the word sinner, I can't help but go back in my memory bank just a little bit to Saturday Night Live. There was a church lady, and she would say it like this, sinner. So maybe right now that's what you need to hear. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. Maybe, maybe that needs to be declared over you in grace and in truth, sinner. But Jesus says, that's not what I want you to be called anymore. By the way, the church lady, she didn't know what she was talking about. Like, she just don't follow her theology. She's way off. There's that TV thing again, right? There's that, there's that media thing. There's that world thing again. Look at the scripture Jesus does make it clear that we are sinners, but he brings about salvation that comes through the glorious resurrection of himself. When we think it's about me trying to get to heaven, then it's all about me. It's all about me. Instead, it's all about Jesus coming from heaven for us. us. Check out the next slide. This whole earn it thing, it's about me. It's about me. I did this. I did that. I didn't do that, and I wouldn't dare do that. God, you should like me. Hey, God, notice me. Hey, God, look at me. Hey, God, do something for me. Me, 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 me. But when it flows out of God, it's about him. It's about who he is. It's about what he has done. It's about what he has accomplished. It's about what he is doing. It's about what he is accomplishing. It's about what he's doing in our lives. Well, let's look at this a little bit deeper in Scripture. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. Everybody tracking with me so far? I mean, it's Easter. You're thinking about eggs and all this kind of stuff, right? Are y'all on track? Because we got some stuff here to say that you do not need to miss, all right? I don't want you to miss this. Not because I'm saying it, not because I think I'm brilliant, but this is life-changing stuff. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. Once you were what? Say it. That's pretty like stone cold right there, right? Once you were dead because of your what? Oh, so we want to talk about our disobedience in Scripture, not our obedience right now. Whoa. I'm dead because of my disobedience. We're dead because of our disobedience. You're dead because of your disobedience. And look what he goes on to say. And your many Sins. I think it's interesting he didn't put a number there. He just put many. 
a lot, a whole lot. Look at verse number four. But God, who is so rich in mercy, do you realize what you deserve from God? Let me tell you, it's nothing good. It's nothing good. You and I, because of our sin, deserve God's wrath. We deserve God's judgment. We deserve God's condemnation. But look at what the scripture says. But God, who is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, verse 5, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us new life When? When you attended church once a week. That's when he gave you new life, right? He gave you new life when you quit binge watching The Walking Dead, right? He he gave you new life when you stopped speeding all the time, right? Some of you relate this morning, right? He gave you new life when you became a better person, right? Look at what the Word declares. Verse 5, let's put it up there, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. Look at this. When he raised Christ from the dead. Amen. Is my name Jesus? No. Is my name Christ? No. Is your name Jesus? No. Is your name Christ? No. Did you raise up from the dead? No. Did you help Jesus raise up from the dead? No. So it's all about him and what he did for us through the cross and then coming back up in the resurrection. Look at the latter part of verse number 5. It's going to come on the screen there for you. It's only by God's grace, his unmerited, unearned favor, God giving you something that you don't deserve, that you can't earn, that you didn't earn. Okay? It says, only by God's grace that you have been saved. Look at verse number 6. For he raised us from the dead. We were dead in our sins. It says he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. This is true for every single person that has believed and received the work of Christ on the cross and his glorious resurrection, understanding their sin and having been forgiven of their sin. Verse 6 is true for you. It's true for you. Drop down now to verse number 8. God saved you by his grace when you, when you started reading your Bible every day. God saved you by his grace when you quit smoking pot. God saved you by his grace when you cleaned up your language. God saved you by his grace when you were kind to others. Is that what it says? Verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you, look at it, believed. Believed. Verse 8 goes on to say, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. This is crazy good news. This is crazy good news. This is good news for every single person in the room today. 
This is good news for every single other person on the planet. Listen to me. If you came here today and you thought for just a moment, I'm going to go and I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to church today so I can earn the favor of God, and you're here this morning still wondering if it was enough, it's not enough to earn the favor of God. He's already given it to you. He's already given it to you. Receive it. Believe it. Those of you that have believed in it, live in it. Believers in the house, save people in the house. This is true for you. Don't miss this. Don't start getting good and telling people how good you are and how much God likes you because how good you are. You've forgotten the grace that he's given you. Look at verse number nine. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Verse number 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So for some of you that were nervous, 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 that we're not preaching obedience to Jesus. We are, but we're preaching obedience to Jesus out of Jesus coming for us and changing us first. Okay, changing us first. And after he changes you, according to Ephesians 2, verse 10, then you become God's masterpiece, a work in progress that he thinks is glorious. And he says he's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do what? The good things he planned for us a long time ago. Now, if you receive Jesus, I believe that you'll start attending church regularly. I just do. Why? Because it's God's plan for his people. God's plan for God's people is to gather together and to worship him. God's plan for God's people is to encourage one another to go out and serve the world in the grace that they have received. That's God's plan. So if we really understand the resurrection and we really believe the resurrection, I believe it will stir us up enough to get together and worship him and go out and serve him. And that's what the church does. Y'all are getting kind of quiet on me now. I don't know what's up with that. I don't, are y'all tired? I don't know. I believe that when you really grasp the resurrection and it has the impact on your life that it can't have, I believe that you will become a better person. I believe things like love and joy and peace will start popping up in your life and people will be like, who is that? And you know what you'll have to say if you understand this biblically? You'll have to say, it's not me, it's the Spirit of God at work in me. The Spirit of God can change anyone. He can change you and He wants to change you. He wants to change you. If you believe and understand and receive the resurrection and grasp the power of it, I think you'll start reading your Bible. Why? Because you have to? No, because you want to find out what else he's got in there for you. If you believe and understand the power of resurrection, I think you'll stop smoking pot. Why? Because it's stupid. It's harmful and it stinks. Now, I don't know what else that means for you that God wants you to stop through the power of the cross, but, but let, that, let that speak to the depth of your being right now for whatever it is that causes you to feel guilty and nervous and convicted and all those kind of things. He wants you to stop that junk, and he gives you the power to stop that junk through the resurrection. Through the resurrection. And some of y'all church people are like, I can't believe he's talking about smoking pot. There are people in this room who smoke pot this week. And there are people in this room that have done a lot of other things. And there are some of us who are worried about talking about smoking pot right now who have done other things that God's worried about. And he's calling us to be different through Jesus. 
Now, this next one, I don't, I don't know how this works. I don't know if you will stop watching The Walking Dead or not. But I do think that you will get more interested in the risen Savior than you are the undead. You follow me there? All right. Here's what I want you to get. It's coming on the screen. Fill it in. Get this, get this, get this. Jesus totally paid for your sins. Totally paid for your sins. And made salvation possible through the cross and the resurrection. If you want a spot to celebrate, I just gave it to you right there. That's good news. Jesus totally paid for your sins. Made salvation possible through the cross and the resurrection. That, that's not my opinion. That's not my bent on it. That's not my angle on it. That's the truth of God from Scripture and the story of Jesus. It's absolutely incredible. All of my sin, all of your sin completely paid for. And we receive that payment when we trust and we believe in Jesus Christ. This is the flip side of the grave. He came to bring forgiveness. He came to give you a new identity as a child of God rather than a sinner. He came to give you a new way of life now in following him and helping others find and follow him. Where do you need resurrection power today? Where do you need it right now in your life? Jesus didn't die for nothing. He didn't come back from the dead for nothing. Where do you need his resurrection power today? Do you need it in salvation? He is ready and wants to save you today. Do you need it in a relationship? Then call on his resurrection power today. Do you need it in, his, in your health? Call on his resurrection power today. Do you need it in your home? Call on his resurrection power today. Listen, Jesus totally paid for your sins and made salvation possible through the cross and the resurrection. And Jesus is calling right now. Man, we couldn't have, we couldn't have timed that any better right there. That's good. He's calling. He's calling. Don't mute him. Don't, don't, sign, don't send him to voicemail. 80% of phone calls go to voicemail. Do you know that? Don't, don't send it to voicemail this morning. This moment right here can very well be a life-changing moment for you. I'm not asking if you went to Bible school when you were a kid. I'm not asking if you got baptized when you were 15. I'm not asking a ton of questions that would have to do about what you did, what you didn't do. I'm saying right now, have you received and believed Jesus to forgive you and to become your Savior and Lord? For just a moment, for just a moment, I want everyone to bow their head and everyone to close their eyes and listen very carefully. If you have never prayed a prayer of faith and repentance to receive Jesus, I want to encourage you to make this moment right now to be that moment that you pray a, pray a prayer of faith and repentance to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. I want to encourage you to pray right now where you are and express your heart and express your faith and express your repentance to Jesus. I want to encourage you to pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I confess all of my sin to you. 
I believe that you died on the cross and rose again for me. Will you forgive me and save me today? I believe you and receive you. I want to follow you. Amen. And if you just expressed your heart to God in that way, you just experienced a life change that's going to impact your life today, tomorrow, and for eternity. We don't want you to miss this, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Maybe your next step this morning is to live out your identity through the resurrection of Jesus. Maybe, just maybe, you need to stop trying to be something and you allow Jesus to do it in you and through you. Whether you're trying to pay the bills, get the kids to all the things, or just trying to keep your family together, remember, listen to me, believers, remember who you are in Jesus. God will never love you more than he does right now. God will never accept you more than he does right now. You can't do anything to make him love you anymore. Let him love you right where you are. Live for him out of his love for you. Let's pray.